Emily. I'm Christine. We're the Feminine Critique. We are a podcast. Are we not, Christine? Are we not? I, last time I checked, we were. Well, the last time you checked, we were a Christmas movie podcast. Was that right? That's true. I had to unsubscribe for a minute. Now, now we're back. <laughs> that is very reasonable. I wonder how many people do that. If people out there are like, oh, God, December, we, we blockade Feminine Critique until we come back for January. I that would be funny if they did. It's fine if you do. Uh, I will say, if you did not listen to Stocking Stuffers, there was well, the guests are always fabulous. Everybody that came on the show was amazing, and it was wonderful to have them. And you know what? The movies this year were pretty good. Oh, no duds. that's a nice surprise. No real duds. Um, even some things that made me laugh and maybe made me cry? Question mark. <gasps> Yeah. Wow. An emotional Christmas. It was. I am getting very soft in my old age. Uh, And, you know, I mean, old age, it hits us and it's hitting us this time of year because we are in early January, which is when, uh, I mean, at this point, everybody's already made their list, but it's when a lot of, you know, people out there start thinking like, well, let's look at the past year. What did I watch? What did I do? What did life, what was 2023? Uh, and so that's why on today's episode, we are reviewing, I'm going to say the year, but I uh, reviewing our year. How's that? I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are looking at some of the favorite things we experienced in 2023. Um, yes, ideally, we're going to talk about movies that came out in 2023, but that doesn't happen often for me. Uh, a little more for you. I, I try to stay, you know, up on things. Yeah, I you know, there, there's just, I, I guess the word content is used a lot these days, but there is a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out there, a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, we're all s- supposed to enjoy and watch. And, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about TV and how impossible it is to keep up with TV. Um, and I've kind of don't, like, it's my least, not my least favorite of the types of media to watch, but when I find out like a book I love is getting adapted or something like that, I get really excited. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's going to be an Apple plus TV series. I'm like, okay, never mind. I don't have time. It's a lot of time. Uh, There are so many different sites that things are blocked behind and get more and more confusing on what you have and what something is. And if it exists, MGM plus, is that still a thing, Christine? Yes. Maybe. I think, I'm not sure. We are really culling our streaming services and we're doing a lot of renting and Mm -hmm. like physical renting and stuff. So like, I don't, I don't even know, to be honest, what's anywhere anymore. Yeah, we are currently on a three month, um, we got, we were gifted a uh, Criterion subscription. Oh, me, I have, I bought. Yes, I do still have that. Oh, nice. fan of the Criterion channel, right? Oh, it, it's amazing. And it's one of those things I've always debated getting, but it's like, no, like the problem with having Criterion channels is that so many of those movies, like those are time commitment yeah. movies and not like, Definitely. oh, they're longer. No, no, no. Those are movies that really demand their Criterion. They demand you sit down and turn the You're... lights out and watch it. And often they're subtitled and yep. it's it's not a throwaway. It's not a, so it feels like you need to get your money's worth out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Hulu has, you know, 37 seasons of America's Next Top Model I can throw on in the background. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, that's good to, to know that you have that. Cause then let's talk about that for yes, our next please. couple of movies. Cause there's so much stuff on there. They were having a really good deal. And I, and here I'm like, yeah, we're canceling all our streaming, but <laughs> like they were having a really good deal. And, and I think it was when they were like 
they had done their 90s horror. Nice. Like now that's where I live. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I have access to all the stuff anyways, but it's cool. I want to see their curated collection. And like, and and then I got hooked. Their collections. So this isn't to Emily because Emily already knows because she has it. But if you do not have the Criterion channel and you are considering it, their curated collections are unbeatable. Right now they have like a post-apocalyptic thing Mm -hmm. and like, Every movie, whether you've heard of it or not, you know is just going to fucking hit. It's and just going to be good. That one I'm so excited about because there are two titles on there I have never heard of. Yep. Uh, they're both, I think, from the 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point, I, I'm very much a completist on post-apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, I, I don't even know these. They've never shown up in any of my books. I need to watch them. So We should we should pick one. Yes! Yeah, definitely. Ooh, ooh, okay. I have an idea then for that. Okay, oh, uh, I will right. uh, make a, a mental note of that later. Um, but yes, on that note then, talking <laughs> about the best of, so Christine and I were kind of running through like, okay, what do you have from 2023? I'm like, I think I have one movie that technically is a 2023 movie that is on my like, were I to make a best of list would be on there. You have mm-hmm. several more. So let me hear one of yours. Okay, so I would say my favorite movie of 2023, based on my ratings, because I it is the only movie I gave five stars, would be They Cloned Tyrone. Oh, I still haven't watched that. <laughs> I I'm gonna I want to watch it again because going through all my movies to see that that was the only one I gave five stars. Wow. I'm like. I need to, I want to go see, is it still a five star? Does mm-hmm. it still floor me that way? But I loved it. It, it. I, there's not a day that goes by. I don't think that I don't Ooh. randomly think of something in it. It, it, it was funny and disturbing and poignant and weird. So really, really great. Oh, um, I keep the problem with Netflix. If there's yeah. an interface problem with Netflix, which is that it does not let you, and this is true, actually, now that I'm saying this, this is true of most of the streaming sites now. Um, I think I'm spoiled because, again, I've been, I was a Netflix user from 2009, and the video queue, you could rearrange really easily. So mm-hmm. the whole idea was, you know, you were saying what you wanted next, so what was number one counted, so you can move things around. Mm-hmm. And when Netflix kind of changed over to a new system, there is no organizing of your list at all. And it's very, like, it is designed now for you to stumble on Netflix and, like, have things go by and just pick something and watch it. Yeah. It doesn't let you kind of curate and move things together and move mm-hmm. things around. So They're definitely driving you towards an ultimate completely, decision. Completely, right? yes, yeah. yes. I feel that way about Amazon, too. But. Amazon does it, too, yeah. The Amazon, at least, I think, at least in my view of Prime, it's what you've added. It just goes based on date when you added it. Yeah. So if I added something today, it's top of my list. If I added something a year ago, it's way bottom of my list. But but it's all near each other. So at least I like can remember when I put stuff on there. Yeah. With Netflix, like it is completely random. So I know I put this on my queue. I would never be able to find it on my queue. I would just have to go to Netflix and start typing it in and find it. That and it's harder to remember to do that because now I have yeah. to remember this title that I want to watch. Nope, I don't like it. Yeah. And, and, it's, and I would say it's one of the best we don't who knows how I watched it because I don't give Netflix my money but I will say it's one of the best um Netflix distributed Mm, um, things I've seen in ages nice because there was in my opinion a dip in quality for a while and a lot of it wasn't necessarily even the quality of the product but like the way it looked there were all those articles about like why do movies look this way now 
And I feel like Netflix was really like the top of the heap on the movies look like this now. Mm-hmm. And yep. th- nah, this one breaks. Every- I don't know. I'm not that smart. I don't know about distribution or producing as far as Netflix goes. So I don't know how much skin they had in the They Clone Tyrone game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just like acquired it and put it out. Yeah. Or if it, and that's why it looks so great or whatever. But yeah. Hi, again, high recommend, even though it's on Netflix. <laughs> Well, on the Netflix train, I will name my Netflix movie of the year then, which uh, is, we have not talked about this yet. I don't know if you've watched it. Everybody else did on Thanksgiving weekend, and that is May, December. I have not seen it yet. <clears throat> okay. I, I yeah, can't. It's, 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 uh, it's on the queue. I want to watch it, but it's one of those that I, I feel like I need to find a time to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely best. <clears throat> You know, it's not like, oh, because it's a tonal thing. Like, no, no, no. It, it is, it's a Todd Haynes movie. Yeah. His movies deserve a level of commitment and figuring mm-hmm. out, like, because what's a, there's a lot of things that are great about this. But, like, one of them very much is the, that tonal, what he is doing with tone, which is wild. And you never quite know if you should be laughing or should be gasping and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it is probably a movie that is best experience for you to get into it and let it kind of get under your skin and figure out where you keep landing. Um, it's, you know, I think everybody knows what it is. It's Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, Charles Melton. Uh, there's, again, I am always very uh, uncomfortable with based on true story type stories because I find it very uh, discomforting in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a little bit on this one, like they, like names are changed. Like this is not a direct adaptation of a real story, but it's, there's a lot of specificity that's like, ugh, but also that is kind of the point of the movie is sort of a meta take on how we tell those stories and what we get out of those stories and mm-hmm. how we use them and abuse them and what that actually means for the people that lived it and doesn't matter. Maybe it does. There's so much going on um, and it's so funny and so awful and everybody is really great in it. I have, you know, we, we have talked about Natalie Portman and how I like, I, you know, I am not always the biggest fan of her. Mm-hmm. What she is doing in this is so specifically uh, tricky, um, and it's a great performance. Um, so I full, like it, watch it. I'm excited for you to watch it. Um, it is not for everybody. I think it's also a movie that very much uh, plays differently as you play it back, as you probably revisit it, because mm-hmm. it's one that I, I watched, I finished, and I was like, oh, oh okay all right and then a week later I found myself thinking totally differently about it um and I think it's like and I love that kind of movie and I I think Todd Haynes like and you go back to safe and like this is I feel like very much in some ways like reminded (sighs) me not of that movie because it's totally very different but there's aspects of like the experience you have with safe where you never fully know where you as a viewer is supposed to be in this universe and like Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to believe and how much you're investing where I had that similar feeling with this only it's also very funny so yeah uh, I'm excited to watch it I, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely excited to watch it so it's on my list I will Wonderful. I'll try to watch it before we talk again so we nice. can discuss nice, it nice. all right give me another one of your favorites well, so that was that was your last like top of 2023. Of 2023. <laughs> After that, it's movies that I first watched in 2023. Okay. I can argue that I have like one movie on the list that was no, 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 no. You know what? No, okay. I, I can, I, I can give a, a few more that either came out in 2023 or were made mostly uh, public in 2023. So okay, we'll say I can well, keep going. But you go next. So 
I have, let me just do a block, like a quick little rock block, mm, because okay. they're all movies I've already, oh, except one. They're mostly movies I've already mentioned on this. But if I had to, to, to corral my top movies of 2023, knowing that I had not seen everything, because there are holes, um, it would be They Clone Tyrone, Cobweb, a movie that I have mm. discussed on this podcast. It's on Hulu um, now. I'm going to watch it soon. So just really good um maybe not the best movie but like definitely one that has stuck with me and i know i'm gonna want to rewatch. Mm. um and then perpetrator a movie that i have talked about on this podcast um Perpet- jennifer reader oh yes it's yep. on, that's on shutter and i've been kicking myself to watch that it i i it really affected me and i really dug it but like I, mileage may vary and stuff do and i then- need to watch that one in one sitting or can i split that one up in two days you can split it up, but it's very vibey, and I mm. do worry about finding like a good place to stop yep, where you won't be weird going back in, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. And then my almost my favorite movie of the year, I would say, would be Bottoms. Oh. <laughs> Which, if you, I, we have not talked about, we it have not. No, I have not seen it. It was in my like year end, like, oh, I'm going to rush to get these watched to see where I land on them. And I adore this movie. Oh, it's nice. it's kind of perfect. So oh, it seemed very funny. I seems it has a great cast. I yep. just did not has not come to my eyes yet. Yeah. It, well, when, when you get access to it or it's around, I definitely it's fun. It's really nice. fun. Very nice. Okay, so those are my tops. And then I have some standouts and some also goods. Um, so we can go from there. <laughs> I love that Bottoms is in your tops. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so let me hear your standouts. Oh, okay. So I think most of these I have talked about here as well. Um, so looking back, I I watched a lot of 2023 movies and I was kind of ups- like disappointed by a lot of them. So these are just basically movies that like, didn't disappoint me they paid off the way i hoped or <laughs> even better so um i don't think you saw it but meg which is something i did talk about wait megan no meg 2 meg 2 i did not see yeah it's the ben wheatley directed mm-hmm. meg uh movie I, it is absurd and ridiculous and personally what i want out of a killer shark movie yeah, yeah so. that's what you should be getting out of a killer shark movie um totally killer which still have not watched that as of all the movies that are kind of like totally killer mm-hmm. that came out in 2023 it was my favorite nice um the new house llc hell house llc yeah huh yeah you're a fan of that franchise i didn't like i never kept going yeah, the first one I thought we just recently rewatched the first one and I still think it's one of my favorite found mm, footage fascinating. movies. So like if you don't if you're not in it to win it and you're not this is the fourth one like mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it like if you're not in the franchise at this point Man. maybe it's not for you. Sometimes I fourth- get so sad when there are successful franchises that I'm just not into cuz it like that's always how I felt about, about Fast it. and the Furious. Like everybody 98% of the world loves this property and they keep making them. And it, every time they make one, people are happy. And I'm like, it just doesn't talk to me. And, and you're on the outs. It, I, I guess it. it's like people who don't like chocolate and no, like they're constantly like just kind of like pushed aside and everybody judges them. I guess that's, yeah. That's how I felt about the Hell House thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, it's yeah. okay. I mean, and if you're curious, this one, this one does kind of, it follows the along, but it, it does kind of do a soft reset. Okay. So like, I don't know. Um, Insidious, The Red Door. I was ah, the Patrick Wilson one. Shocked by how much I liked that. Nice. Um, and then Missing, 
which is oh. the, 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 the soul sequel to Searching, um, which I liked a lot. Missing is Storm Reed, and it's fun, and her, her parent is missing, and it's weird, and I liked it. Nice. Um, and then the last one is The Passenger, which is a Kyle Gallner movie, and I do not know if I talked about that here. I believe you did. That's the one that is directed by, is that directed by our um, boyfriend from The Ruins? Uh, it is, isn't it? Um, I think so. I'm just putting it into the it my letterbox. It is directed by yeah, Carter, Carter Smith. Smith. Yay, Carter yeah. Smith. Yeah, it's so good. I think this is actually uh, Zach's favorite movie of the year. Oh, fabulous. So. I see. I have not seen any of those. So if you if those are ones I liked, so if you come across them, maybe you'll mm-hmm. like them too. I will. I've had some of those have been on lists, and it's just a matter of waiting for the time yeah. or for them to actually be watchable. Um, and others, I would not have thought to watch or seek out, perhaps. So, do I have to see Insidious Four to see Insidious: The Red Door? No. Okay, because I've heard nothing but- good about Insidious Four. I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Insidious the Red Door really is like a direct sequel to the first two. Okay. Um, I don't even know if the third one... I liked the third Insidious. third one was, might be my favorite. Yeah. it's The third one's really... The third one's too scary. I can't rewatch it. Aww. Aww. <laughs> it's it's upsetting. But um, this one is... This one's really good, I thought. I, I think I've heard people not enjoy it, but like, I don't know. Especially after that fourth one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which did not seem to win mm-hmm. any fans. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess my other movies I liked that maybe came out this year. Well, Barbie. I know you were not as high on Barbie, um, no. but I did really like Barbie. Uh, I have not rewatched it. It's it's available now, and I keep meaning to and mm-hmm. want to show Me Brad too. in it. But um, when I when I rewatch it, I'm curious where I'll land again. But I mean, I did. I was very happy and very very satisfied when I went to see Barbie. Um, and then I think technically Lockdown Tower, I think was probably a 2023 release, at least in the States. So we'll say that that's on Shudder. That's the crazy, the world outside is gone. And so we're all going to resort to tribalism and cannibalism. And I got to watch that that one. Yeah. Again, it's, it's bleak. Um, I, I really liked it. (laughs) I'm a monster. What can I say? (laughs) Uh, I don't know if Duel was this year. Oh, um, where's, where's Duel for me? Um, oh, I have Duel in my first, fave first time watches, so I don't, I so don't know. So it was probably technically like a 2022 or something. But like, But it was like a pandemic Duel. probably that never, which is yeah. why it never landed anywhere and just sort of showed up on Hulu one day. Yeah, the, I, cosign, big yeah. cosign. Duel is great. If you folks haven't watched it, it is on. It was on Hulu. I don't know if it still is. Uh, Duel, D-U-A-L. Uh, it is about clones, but not quite the way you think it's going to be. It's, again, the movie I just compare it to is The Lobster in terms of this mm-hmm. weird, clipped, tonal, black comedy, deadpan mm-hmm. style. But it's doing so much stuff, and I found it fascinating, and I loved it. Uh, and, oh, oh, okay. Again, this one probably technically... The year, actually, I have two that are late, that were probably late 2022 to where mm-hmm. most people saw them early 2023. So because I don't watch anything new that isn't a Christmas movie, I feel like I'm going to count them. So yeah. those would be Sarah Polly's Women Talking. Still haven't seen it. So fucking good. I know. I know I need to. So good. Uh, and it's a case of a movie where I, I watched it and loved it and then read the book a few weeks later and was like, oh, I love when you 
see an adaptation and see all of the decisions made and say every decision she made was the right decision. Um, It's just, it's so good. It's so powerful. Everybody in that movie is so giving. Again, you know how I feel about Rooney Mara. She is so magical in this movie. And I do not like her as an, I do not find my, again, I don't think she is a, I think she can be a very good actor in the right role. Um, But my, I don't, I dislike her so much that I have very, generally have a very hard time connecting with her. And she plays like the light in this movie. And my God, I left that, I left it thinking like, I want to give her a hug. Uh, it's just so good and so powerful, but, and somehow a lot less devastating than you think it's going to be. It's, it's really moving and it's very like, there's a lot of power in it. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like what happens with a lot of those kinds of movies that sort of are small movies, that come out that get that get success got an, got an Oscar, but then, you know, the year moves on and we never think to go back to those little yeah. movies because we want to watch them like in the Oscar season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to everybody out there, if you have not got, watched it, like I, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, I don't know where, but it is really worth experiencing at some point in life. Uh, oh, and then the last one that was again, I think it was late 2022, so. Because I think I heard about it from you, and then it was on somebody else's, like, best of the year list last year. And this is, and again, I could be wrong, and this could have been an an entire year before that. (laughs) I don't know what time is anymore, people. All of our brains have been mushed. We are going to the World's Fair. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I think I would have classified that as 2022, but, like, fully. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, but it I'm was so glad it, on HBO at least in early 2023. I'm so glad you liked it. I did, and it's you know it's one that I definitely want to go back to at some point, uh, because it really was one that I watched and like I, I you know it ends and I'm thinking something and then the first thing I read about it I'm like oh my god I, I saw something totally differently hmm. and I love that in a movie and yeah. I think that movie is one that very much is meant to just put something out there, put certain feelings out there not necessarily tell you anything but tell you what people may be going through and might be Mm -hmm. thinking and and then to kind of peel back and say but also people lie and what is reality and I don't know I found it so powerful yeah and also felt like I I didn't understand it at all and that to me Mm -hmm. is really exciting me too I like I I'm a big fan of you know, like puzzling out a movie. And sometimes I start to, to the detriment of my own experience, start trying to like game the movie Mm. while it's on. But very quickly, I'm like, I don't know what this is doing. And I don't think I care. And it's really liberating because I think that's part of the excitement I felt was like, oh, I trust this filmmaker to the point, like, I don't know this filmmaker. I trust them to the point where I don't give a shit where this is going. Mm -hmm. And that does not happen. I, I love it. I love when yeah. a mo- when you realize yeah. within a movie, I don't fully speak the language that you're talking, but I I am gonna watch this without subtitles in in that sort of figurative way, if you will, of just saying like I'm giving in. I don't know where you're taking me. I have a feeling I'm not gonna land safely, and I'm but I want to go on the ride, and that's how I felt with that one. I am very glad you enjoyed it. I know it it can be tough. Like I've suggested, yeah. I suggested it to my mom and she was like, I don't know what you're getting me into. Mm-hmm. And it's also one, I think that it, it's a, it's a tough sell, not a tough sell, but it's an easy miss sell because if you were to read a quick description of it, I, th- and you see like where it's classified, you probably think you're getting, you know, 
found footage, unfriended type horror movie, and you're not. Uh, it is, I mean, I it falls, I don't know what genre it goes into. It, it is spooky, and it will really grab you and make you feel things. But if you tell somebody, this is a horror movie, it's somehow less horror than Skinnamarink. <laughs> um, where it's like, no, it's not, it's not going to do what you expect it to do if you found it on this video shelf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if you allow yourself to get taken in by it, it's going to do something. And that's going to be more challenging than just a scary monster coming out of a TV set. It, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Yeah. Oh, now uh, I want to watch it. I know, me too. <laughs> on that note, do you want to talk about the disappointments of the year? And then we'll backtrack to older watches we did. Yeah, sure. I'm going to just throw out real quick a couple honorable mentions that I feel like deserve to be mentioned. I won't go in too deep, but I don't think I've talked about them here yet. Um, I really like Dungeons and Dragons. I know everybody (gasps) did, but I I did. Good. It's good. Um, Also, Slother House. Oh, I have been dying to watch this because it sounds adorable. It's everything you want. Yes. if you're if you're at all like okay with the premise, just sight unseen, it's it delivers. It's a puppet, right? It's like puppet yeah. action. Yes, he, Emily is so puppets. cute. Ugh. He's so sweet. I was I think my review is something like ten ten that sloth. That sloth <laughs> is so good. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so those are just two that I wanted to throw out there. Nice. Um, and then uh, biggest disappointments. Oh boy, I had some disappointments this year. Um, but I kind of just saved it for things that I was actually like kind of looking forward to mm, okay. <laughs> and then didn't deliver. Um, so I think my number one disappointment this year is actually a haunting in Venice. Oh, so we have not, we finally watched, uh, the first two we watched, mm-hmm. um, the Orient Express and Death on the Nile fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were thinking about watching Death Invent no haunting in Venice. We almost watched it last night, but then watched something else. Um, so we're gonna watch it soon. So, but you, for you, this was not. This just keeps kind of on a downslide, or what? Um. So yeah, I really liked Orient Express. Like we did to too. A point, yeah, yeah, to a point where people don't agree with me with how much I like it. Um. But I didn't. We didn't finish Death on the Nile. I I couldn't do it. Um, I had two. I know a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings on Death on the Nile. We watched it. I had kind of three. I didn't hate it. I thought it was mm-hmm. a big step down. Um, yeah, yeah. My problems were I didn't, and I haven't read the book, so I don't know, but I did not buy the the reveal and the ending to me. When I sit back and think it, thought it through, I'm like, I mean, maybe I have to go by and kind of watch at least that part again. To me, it did not actually work. I felt like yeah. it, there's no way that could have happened that way. Uh, so that bothered me a lot. The visuals of Death of the Death on the Nile, it, it has like you, you know you're watching a lot of CGI created universe and such, and yeah, fine. But then why call it out by then doing like an unwa- underwater shot that might as well be a screensaver? There were like decisions in that movie that just visually were so artificial. Yeah. And that's that's why I stopped watching. That's yeah, watch. it was like genuinely like visually unpleasant. Where I'm watching, I'm like, no, like these are you, the whole point of these is that you're you get this great cast and you put them in great costumes and you know you have them be British and wry and all of this and it's theatrical. Like it should be theatrical. So why am I suddenly seeing everything so CGI'd over and it, the look of it really bothered me? Yeah, me and it, just, it did go on too long. It just felt for me like I, I was. <laughs> 
I was lagging watching it. Yeah, it was it it was a a massive disappointment for mm. me. Um, so I was really like keen that they were doing another one, and I thought, okay, well maybe maybe we've 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 moved past that. Maybe so the feedback was heard. Maybe situations and circumstances are different. So a haunting in Venice will be different, mm-hmm. and it was it was different. I would say it is more on par with the look and the feel of of Orient Express as okay, opposed good. to Nile. Um, but for me, it was all story and plot and character yeah. stuff. It's loosely based on a book. Um, the situation is is a book, but the way it's handled isn't the same. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, yeah, because we are going to watch it. For me, like, um, it lacked a lot of logic. And part of why I like Agatha Christie so much is that the mystery is usually like a whole buffalo mystery. Like, everything plays into everything and there are no loose ends and, we and know- it's solvable and at the end of it you don't say oh man like how, what you say wait a minute oh my god it was there the whole time so the distinction people have made with this one is it's not a whodunit so much as it's a mystery mm. well, i do un- i can differentiate okay. that i do understand that there's a difference but for me um they just didn't answer a lot of questions and perot was acting really strange mm. and like out of character and for and i guess they it's just all per- i hated it <laughs> but but like it could just be me but when i watch a mystery i want you to tell show me at, recontextualize everything you've already shown me and explain it and this movie didn't do that mm. yeah that's a problem yeah. so, <laughs> uh, so that that's my biggest disappointment <laughs> um now i'm trying to see if this one okay yes i have i have two one i can't remember where i know i know you don't like it i don't know if you didn't like it as much as i did and this is a movie that I feel now even more justified in not liking because I think uh, the current climate around this franchise is now very wild. Fucking Scream 6. Oh, I didn't even... It I is didn't... 2023. I just looked it up because I'm no, like, I was that this year? I don't even know. I just dumped it out so thoroughly. Um, so I've watched it twice now. Um, is it worse the second time like does anything line up the second time are you like oh I guess they didn't stab them in the gut 17 times or you're like no they did stab them 17 times in the gut now they're fine it's worse yeah I just I I hated it I was Mm -hmm. and I didn't I didn't really care for four or five of them I didn't it was one of those movies where I'm like okay it's doing some things that I like it's doing other things I don't (laughs) it's fine it's not for me this is I, maybe I've aged out of this franchise or it's just, it's not connecting with me anymore, but Scream 6, every, like, and it wasn't even just the whole, we're not going to kill anybody that we might still want to bring back in the franchise, So now it feels like a very Marvel thing to do, right? Of, oh, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if anybody's dead because they're not, was also, like, it's set in, quote, unquote, New York, and yeah, you could, you could, you, okay, great, mm-hmm. lots of things don't film in New York, but you're Scream 6. You had money. You're not... Why not? Why even bother doing? pretending you're in New York if you're not even going to pretend it's New York? Nope. Like, that bothered me. Everything yep. about every character bothered me. The fact that yep. it, what they do to Courtney Cox in this movie and not even give her an ending. And it's... <laughs> everything. Everything, Christine. Everything. No, I know. It, it, it is a, it's a heartbreaker. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm shocked I didn't put it here. I guess I've just removed it from my brain. Like, mm. I just couldn't even... I yeah. couldn't even handle it. But no, if, if you if you want to rewatch it, rewatch it. But I don't think you're gonna 
get anything new. No, I'm Other good. than new frustration. Well, and now, you know, we'll have an even bigger gap between Scream 7, because <gasps> that studio doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. I know. The <sighs> best part of the fucking new franchise, and they're like, nah, you're not in it anymore. Like, okay, never mind then. And, and then I- they're also like, oh yeah, and also Jenny Ortega, what a bitch, she's not coming back. It's like, no, 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 no. And the, the, everything about the timing of those announcements were like, Jenny Ortega, I'm sure, months ago was like, yeah, you know, I'm probably not coming back for Scream. And then waiting to release that information to sort of put pressure off of the studio and shift it to Jenna Ortega. Like, all of the decisions, everything around it just felt very dirty and mean and yeah. bad PR on themselves without realizing it. And I, I, Yeah. Yeah. I hope Nev Campbell just keeps being like, 30 million. I'll come back for 30 million. More. <laughs> and I'm only going to film in a car just like Kim Cattrall yeah. in Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she needs to do. She should raise it. I'm, I'm zooming in and you have to pay me exactly. million dollars. And I'm going to have my own costume designer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's 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 that one uh, did you have any I, other disappointments i do i have a couple okay. um uh i was very disappointed by pet cemetery bloodlines mm. um i was very disappointed by the nun too because i had recently decided that i liked the first nun. <laughs> just <laughs> in time to dislike the nun too i know and the the screenwriter of megan and uh malignant mm-hmm. is was on this as well and i had really high hopes it just didn't work for me <sighs> Um, 65 was a huge disappointment. Oh, that's the Adam Driver mm -hmm. one, dinosaur one. I, well, you you already said it. I figured it's got Adam Driver. It's, he's looking after a little girl. So it's Dadam Driver (laughs) and, and you have dinosaurs. I'm like in sold, even if it's bad, it's going to be good. Boy, was I wrong. That's uh, yeah, it's it was it was rough. There was a lot of 2023 movies that didn't work for me and that mm. I didn't like, but I wasn't excited for a lot of them. Mm. These were kind of like a bummer. I think the only other one I'd have is one that was frustrating. And this was in part my own fault because it was one of those things where I'd read the book, really liked the book, wanted to see how they did the movie, was open to changes in the movie. Yep. But the change that is made in terms of plot is so thematically against what the book is doing that it really pissed me off and that was uh the novel cabin at the end of the world the movie a knock at the cabin mm-hmm. m night Shyamalan. and again like it's a it's well done like m night Shyamalan knows how to make a good looking movie cast is great david batiste is great uh it's it's a good adaptation for the first hour 15 and then it makes a decision that just is one of those things where I don't know had I come to it without having read the book, I might have felt differently. I think I still would have been disagreeing with what the movie was saying. Uh, but it's very odd to where the movie almost feels Christian, whereas the book feels atheist. Mm-hmm. And there's just, it's a weird dichotomy if you fall on the other side of it. So that was the one that for me was just a bummer because it really had potential to be an adept like oh like th- this is going well this is going oh 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 and just thematically it really bothered me the more i have thought through what the plot choice meant for the material i think it really does undermine what paul tremblay did as a novelist so mm. didn't yeah care for I, that. I know a lot of people are really unhappy with it from mm. that perspective i didn't really have knowledge of the book but yeah i found the movie um underwhelming a little mm-hmm. 
confusing moralistically like i don't didn't know what i was supposed to be getting out of yep. it yeah that makes sense yeah uh should we go back to older watches or movies that came out much longer ago than 2022 slash three yeah i have a couple of those me too let me hear some of yours um <clears throat> I will start, I guess, by trying to pick a couple that I don't think I talked about here. Um, I finally watched She Dies Tomorrow. I still have not watched that. It's it's very, very good. Yeah, I, st- I remember starting it, like, I, don't, I remember it was, like, not early in pandemic, but early enough in pandemic where it was still sort of so upsetting. Claustroph- yeah. claustrophobia still setting in. Mm-hmm. And I started watching it, and I was maybe five minutes in and decided... I kind of know enough about this movie to know that I should not watch this right now. Good move. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It, it made me, um, so I loved it, but like it made me upset. Uh, I will rewatch it again though. Cause it's nice. not that kind of upset. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It, it also gave me big, like climate collapse feelings. Like, mm. I don't know. There was just something about it felt like bigger than like, it, it felt like a big social statement and that's how I applied nice. it. I guess. Nice. So I enjoyed that. If you get a chance, mm-hmm. it's a recommend. Um, I watched Shiva Baby. Okay. That's the same is... team behind Bottoms. That's why I was there. Because okay. I love Bottoms so much. And Rachel Sennett? I don't yes. know if I'm saying that. sounds her. right. Yeah. Um, so she's in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And that, I think that is Oh, she's so one. funny in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. She's my favorite thing. She's the best. Um, yeah. I think that's the first He's time I became aware of her. Go. Oh, it's a Libra Moon. That Libra Moon. That's it, yes. <laughs> I'm a Libra Moon. That's why I remember. Um, <laughs> but I, so I watched Shiva Baby. It's perfect. Nice. Everything everybody said about it is true. It's it's amazing. It was a lot of people's favorite movie the year it came out, mm-hmm. which might have been 2022. Um, I think so. But it was fantastic. Nice. So, yeah. And I have a couple other ones, but I don't know if you want to jump in. Um. So I'll go in like back order. Oh yeah, no, mine go. Yeah, mine mine go from like fifties to some things. Okay, uh, so yeah, a few. All right, I'll, I'll start with the older one. So I feel like I've I've thought about the fashion in this movie so many times since I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Fulci's The Psychic. Uh, oh, Giallo. It is on Canopy, I believe. At different times, it was also on Shutter at one point, but I know it's still on Canopy. It is, and again, Lucio Fulci is my favorite Italian director. I know people mm-hmm. die for Argento. Uh-uh, I'm Team Fulci. And the thing about Fulci was, like, he could make good movies. And The Psychic is a good mystery. Uh, it's Jennifer O'Neill, I think, is the lead. And apparently, like, the rule was she was going to wear a different outfit in every scene. And it's, like, 1970s Italian. She's rich. And she just looks amazing every time. And it's good. It's a good story. It has a good twist and ending. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I Yeah, you know, you know me. It's a huge, still a huge gap. I have not seen that movie. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, one that I know you have seen, because this is definitely one that most movie people had seen, uh, and that is Alfred Hitchcock's, Hitchcock's Rope. Oh, yeah. I do love Rope. Yeah. I'd, I had never seen it. Um, just one of those, never thought to sit down and watch it, and Brad and I watched it. It's so funny. Yeah. It, it's really something it's one of those like i had forgotten even that there was the gimmick of sort of one shot like i never Mm -hmm. even thought about that watching it because it's really done i mean it's it's a thing zach and i talk about it a lot like 
when it's such an easy, I don't want to, I'm trying to pick my words. It's e- a lot easier to do than when Hitchcock did it. Mm. And I feel like people do it now and they don't do it for real strong narrative storytelling reasons. Right. They do it to show so off. It bums me out because it's a really good storytelling device in my yeah. opinion. And so I get super jazzed when like, it's really well executed. Mm-hmm. And of course this is like the thing that everybody points to. Because yeah. Cause this is just great acting and great yeah. writing. So it just feels like I'm watching. I just thought of it as a play is how it yeah, played it to me. It falls away. Yep. Yeah. It fa- you don't look for it. Mm-hmm. Cause like it's, there's creative cuts and stuff. That's, you know, people yes. always talk about that. I start the first time I watched it, I forgot to continue to look for it. I just stopped looking yeah. for it. I was so like, into it that I wasn't. Yeah. And that's the sign of your gimmick is working. So Cause I'm not distracted yeah. by it. Love it. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we did a Sigourney Weaver catch up and stuff so i had watched a bunch of scorny weaver movies and two that were fabulous and i finally watched for the first time copycat 1996s <gasps> right 96 95 cannot believe that you had not seen this no, i thought i this... remember remember because i thought in dreams and copycat were yes, one and the same true. this entire time it's just in my head for some reason it's you know i think friend of the show jason is a fan of copycat mm-hmm. but it's just such a formative movie for me and we're yeah. so similar in so many yep. ways that it just feels like obviously you would have been deeply affected mm-hmm. by sigourney weaver and harry Connick jr god <laughs> yes and holly hunter yeah oh so good and it's funny too because my entire life i have often even though I, I find harry Connick jr incredibly sexy i have always confused when i look at pictures of him and dermot mulroney i always get the two confused and yet I don't find Dermot Mulroney sexy. It's a weird thing. But, and they're both in this movie. So I'm like, oh, is this the origin of my confusion? No, because I didn't see this for all these years. So strange. And strange. you loved yeah. it, though. Of course I did. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and it was that exact sort of, like, cementing of something that we've talked about a lot of not just like, oh, the 90s knew how to make studio films. Like, sure, kind of. But there was this sense, and when we when I watched um, the movie that you had liked, that nobody else liked but you and me, you should have left the Amanda Seyfried yeah. and Kevin Bacon movie, where it felt like the same type of movie of, as Copycat, where it's, here is a big, not big budget, but like budgeted movie with A-list actors, but they're not playing themselves, like they're personas. Like this is actually a script that was not you know, that was developed, that was made, that a good director took and made a good mm-hmm. movie out of. And it's adult themed. It's, you know, things happen, it's rated R, but it's not, you know, crossing lines that you expect from a lot of the stuff we watch. Like there's something really satisfying mm-hmm. about a good professionally made studio movie. And Copycat is such a good example of that. Yep. Yeah. It, and it, Working Girl, of course, it's just Working Girl. Oh, God. Working Girl. God. I recently saw Working Girl for the first time, maybe last year mm-hmm. or like 2022 last year. Um, and I loved it too. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had three more in mind. What, what else do you have? Um, I have a couple that I just want to put back into the universe because I've already mm-hmm. talked about them here. Um, one of them you already mentioned is Duel. Yeah. Um, Dismissed, which is the movie with one of the uh, Sprouse boys in it i believe it's dylan sprouse Mm -hmm. but it's it's very ridiculous and about a teen boy who's manipulating people around him it's very good i watched it (laughs) thinking i was watching a lifetime movie years ago and found it so satisfying so good um the manor i still have not watched it yeah Yeah, it's on amazon prime i keep meaning to get to it uh axel carolyn yes yes um 
phenomenal. And it's truly, if if you are at all like Emily and like varied casts with different mm-hmm. peoples of different ages in, in it, yeah. um, fantastic. Um, another one is Grand Piano, which came out in 2013. And it stars Elijah Wood and John Cusack. I know nothing about this. You must it have is... talked about it, but... No. Oh, just... Damien Chazelle writing. It is phenomenal. Ooh. Oh, okay. A pianist with stage fright endures uh-huh. a performance under the eyes of a, of a mysterious sniper who will shoot uh-huh. and kill him if a wrong note is played. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm into it. So, every please, If you trust me at all, everyone, please, these movies are so good, I promise you. Of course. <laughs> And then another one I wanted to mention again is Dark Angel, a.k.a. I Come in Peace, which is a Dolph Lundgren sci-fi movie. <laughs> nice. Um, and then uh, The Fourth Floor, which is the Juliette Lewis That is on movie. Tubi. I believe it is available to watch for free. Okay. I keep meaning to and keep forgetting. I've tried to recommend ones that I knew maybe where they were. Mm, so that yeah. Grand Piano is on them. Amazon Prime, everybody. Okay. I knew I knew I saw it somewhere. Um that was accessible because uh, I use I use somebody's Amazon Prime. Mm, so some great, amazing <laughs> person's Amazon Prime. Yeah, but it, like uh, Dark Angel, I think maybe is the only one. I don't know where it is, mm. but like they should be accessible and they're good good movies. I promise. Nice. Very nice. I believe you. I believe you on all of these. Uh, a few more that I had. One, and this was an exciting a movie that I just has been in the zeitgeist for a long time. That was really influential. That. Uh, something that we're big fans of calls back to it a lot, but I had never sat down and watched Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <gasps> oh, it's been honestly like 20 years. You I've should rewatch it. it because I think it is fascinating to watch today because it, uh, sure, uh, some of the language has aged differently. Like there are certain words we don't use that we used in the 90s and that mm-hmm. queer people use in the 90s. And again, the casting of three straight cis men in as drag queens and in one case transgendered person yeah you wouldn't do that today but it is so good the three of them are incredible um and especially i mean what's his name uh not guy pierce i say this every time yes guy pierce i was gonna say not russell crowe the other one but no guy pierce who is so electrifying um it's just it's very I don't, I don't want to say it's ahead of its time because it was mm-hmm. its time. Like it absolutely was this community in this movie and it is iconic, I guess is the best way to say it. And it's wonderful. And it is still, it holds up to sit down and watch. You will feel satisfied having done that. Uh, and even though there is, you know, it is not entirely positive, like it leaves you feeling good. And and I think that's important. Uh, and then two Japanese movies that are, are on my list this year. One was, because I remember I had my Amazon, not Amazon, my Netflix disc um, yep. rush through of making sure I watched a lot of discs before, you know, Netflix th- threw them all into a, you know, E.T. tunnel somewhere. So Tokyo Sonata, which is the Kurosawa, not Akira, the other Kurosawa. And it is haunting and, and strange and felt a little bit um, like a slightly less uh, cruel Michael Haneke movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was very unsettling. Um, Great. Good stuff. And then the other one, which was probably my favorite movie that I discovered this past year, and that is Tampopo. 
All right. Have you talked about this already? I talked a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm one of the catch-ups. I, I definitely mentioned it. It's I, the ramen Western, the spaghetti yep. Western comedy food movie. Yeah. With Ken, Ken Watanabe. Yes. Yes. He has yeah, a small I part in it. I wrote it. I wrote it down. It's I on Criterion now. So down. you can watch it. <gasps> is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it okay, is. Okay. I, I bought, there was a Criterion sale, like there's always the sale, but a couple of weeks ago, because we have a 4K now, so I was like, oh, you know what? I always let the sale go by. I'm not going to let the sale go by this time. I'm going to I'm gonna pick up a few movies. And this was one of the ones that I got, because I'm like, I just, I want to have this, because I know I want to go back to it. But it is on streaming on Criterion, and it is so, so strange. Uh, it is very funny. Funny in very odd ways. It is kind of... I mean, it's it's almost like a sketch, like it's almost sketch after sketch, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. like the theme is basically food and a love of food. And again, there is a storyline. The storyline is a man trucker drives into town, and there's a woman running a ramen shop, and she can't make good ramen, and he's he decides he's going to teach her how to do it. And it's done like an old western, except intermixed in all of this, there are gangsters, there are manners classes and all of these random like vignettes about like food and loving food and for me somebody who loves food and loves cooking like it is just porn and i mean there's also a lot of sex in there so yeah it is porn this movie is fantastic and i can't wait to watch it again oh yeah yeah it in the um synopsis that i saw i think described it as like um what's that word i'm looking for uh vignettes yes um I think, and maybe it was the IMDb thing, and I was like, oh, that's not what I expected at all. Yep. <laughs> this movie is not going to be what you expect. It is so unusual in the best of ways. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yep. What a fun, what a fun uh, pull. That's yeah. great. It's been a good year, you know? Yeah. Good and year for oh, movies <laughs> that oh, were made 40 years ago. Exactly, because th- that's something that I really had to focus on, because I think in one of the last, like, ca- recap shows we did, I was super bummed about, like, a huge mm-hmm. block of newer stuff yeah. that I had watched. But, like, if the newer stuff isn't working for me, I don't know that I care, because there's so much other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, Grand Piano from 2013. Yeah. There's so much older, even if we're not talking, like, like the 80s or the 50s or something. Yep. You can just go back to the 2010s, and there's stuff we missed. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guarantee you have, it's something I do a lot with like books where I'll find an author I love and I just Mm -hmm. think, I just want to read everything by them. And then I have to stop myself for two reasons. One, when you read something, especially even more so in books than movies, when you, because that is all kind of the brain and mind of one person. And when you stay too close in their world, it it becomes less special because very few authors can write completely different books from one to the other. So you start to say, ah, you know, every one of this author's books are kind of the same. And so you, like, you need space. And also I always kind of have this weird thing of never always wanting to know that there's more out there I haven't experienced. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I do that with books a lot where it's like, oh, this author only has five books. Well, I'm not going to read that fifth book until I'm in my fifties or something. Yeah. I I think think that's great. Yeah. Because like, like, I haven't seen every Hitchcock movie. I haven't seen every Paul Verhoeven movie. So I can always find a Paul Verhoeven movie I haven't seen and experience it for the first time. And there's something very special about it's that. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. And, and that's so true what you said about books. I, for me, it was it's less when books, but when I get into reading fanfic a lot, mm. it's sometimes it's since it is like, you know, free and widely available and everybody can write it. It's you do get varying quality and sometimes it's not even just like, oh, I don't like this. Just, it's just not for me, you know? Mm-hmm, so sure. when you find somebody that works, it's very hard to not be like, well, I'm going to read 
um, all 7 million of the words that yeah. they've written. Because you're right, after a while, you're like, oh, they just do the same. It's just, yeah. You need that var- vari- variation to realize sometimes just how much something's working for you. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now on TV, did you have any, you didn't have anything TV the past year? I, I watched all of Riverdale in like three months. So I don't know. Riverdale? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't, I don't feel like I watch a lot of like new TV stuff i mean i watched yellow jackets right and that mm-hmm. was fine um and i watched all of riverdale i i don't know i don't have anything did you watch house of usher <laughs> i didn't like it oh i loved it so much that's my pick of the year oh yeah <laughs> the last season of riverdale that i didn't like was my, <laughs> my pick of the year. yeah uh, yeah house of usher just didn't work for me did we talk about it already? and we didn't no no i think i had just started it when we last oh, spoke so yeah. it was like okay. oh i think you very kindly said i'll i'll wait till 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 you finish to talk so now i finished so talk oh yeah <laughs> well i'm glad you liked it because it's it. never my my intent or goal for people to dislike things yes. so it's super super rad that it worked i didn't get it hmm. it, it didn't connect i thought it was was heavy-handed when it shouldn't have been i thought it was i didn't know if i was supposed to think it was goofy mm-hmm. or, okay. or i i didn't understand the tone i guess and a lot of the performances were really big and broad so somebody could hear me say that and be like um hey that's the point and i would be like okay well maybe in three years i'll get it but like where i live now i did not understand mm. it and i didn't understand the appeal and for me i i totally get that uh and i didn't I think all I knew going in was that because I was I was careful not to know too much because I didn't I didn't want anything spoiled. I didn't want mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. like leaning Understood. or looking for something. Yeah. So I think I had like read one thing that basically said there is no redemption here. Everybody is awful. And as opposed to like very much like I think Mike Flanagan's a lot of his properties are very um, about humans connecting and about kindness and about finding redemption and kind of making good and you know that's what midnight mass is that was mm-hmm. um uh the other one that's the uh, house on, on not house on haunted hill hill house like yeah it's very much about relationships and about you know like no no, no like fi- be a better person and be better to the people around you and i so i knew going into it that this was not that and so very quickly and the first not not so much the first episode i was kind of like okay i don't know where we're going but the second episode which i think is the re- is the mask of red death where it was like very clear of oh no this is just to me it was this is almost black comedy not black i wouldn't call it comedy but it felt like no you are going to be allowed to snicker at this mm-hmm. and um i don't always enjoy a just you know watching terrible things happen to terrible people but i loved watching it in this scenario where I liked the cast. I liked the, I don't watch Succession, but I assume this is just like Succession as a horror story mm-hmm. where it was just everybody is awful. They're all, and even that they weren't good at what they did, um, I thought was also like this added joy upon it where it's like, oh, it's not even that they're great business people. Like they're all just just rich and have done nothing to earn what they have or help the world. So I don't feel bad about what's going to happen to them. And the fun of seeing how it happened to them. For me, I was satisfied after every episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it makes me happy that it it, it worked for so mm-hmm. many people because yeah. it, I mean, it did. It did, I, yeah. 
I, like I, I completely get it. And I, for me, it's been, this has kind of been growing at the diminishing Flanagan returns, mm-hmm. which makes me really sad. Like I didn't even finish. Um, you literally just said it. Midnight Mass? No, I finished Midnight Mass and I was fine with Midnight Mass. I like Midnight Mass, yeah. Um, yeah, like I was good with it. And like everybody's complaints about the long monologues, that's not, I, I'm not lodging that complaint. I'm fine with that. I'm what fine is- with it. I think occasionally the wrong actors are doing it, but... That's fair. Bly Manor is what I'm looking for. I don't, he didn't write Bly Manor. He produced it. He was not overly involved in it. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. So I, we bailed. Yeah, that that was my least favorite so far. Yeah. I liked Midnight Mass. I thought it was okay. It was Mm -hmm. fine. But like, we're going from like, hey, Oculus changed my life. To like, I don't connect to this at all. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 I'm on a strange journey myself because there was, a point in time where I considered him to be like maybe one of my favorite modern creatives and like I don't know I think maybe we, we've diverged sure well I think he's doing Dark Tower now which for me is so disappointing because I'm like oh so that's like your next 10 years of your life well this is like when they gave Ryan Johnson a Star War and I was True. like what are you doing I'm never gonna see you again mm. and then like but I did see him again and it all Fair. worked out yeah I'm actually kind of interested in the Dark Tower stuff. Did you read them? I read the first one. Okay. I never did because it just seemed daunting. Like if you read one, you have to read seven. (laughs) It is extremely daunting. And to be honest with you, I didn't really, it was something that I was going to try to do. Mm. um, But I didn't, I couldn't keep up with it because I, I did find it too daunting. Like it wasn't fun. And I don't like to read in a laborious manner. Mm, Like reading is supposed to be fun. But maybe he'll do something cool with it because I truly do believe that Mike Flanagan is the only one that can adapt Stephen King in a way that I like. That's fair. He's done a very good job so far. Very good point. <laughs> so like, so like, I guess that's why I'm excited. Like, maybe uh, okay. he can give it to me in a palatable way. Nice. Uh, on the subject of books, I don't think you had any. Did you have any books to recommend or any good reads this year? I read a lot of nonfiction, like about allergies. Ah. <laughs> and about growing crops in the desert so not really That's my, see my nonfiction go-to is just nautical exploration oh love that that is the one nonfiction, no matter what i can if you have a book about henry hudson i will read that book about henry hudson if it is about anything else and it is not fiction i am less interested that's fascinating i do not know that i knew that yeah it was i had a really good fifth grade teacher who made explorers sound really cool and it has stayed with me my whole life and i just really enjoy Aww. books about about that so i love that yeah um, I had a few that I'm just going to throw out there just that you might enjoy and as well as some of our listeners on the uh, non so the only like non-fiction or like memoir this is an old book because it's from like 1996 probably mm-hmm. but I so I'm a big used bookstore like person if I'm in a used bookstore I will spend more money than I should and come out with boxes that I now have no room for in my apartment. Uh, and I, one of the bookstores I was at recently, they had two copies of this book. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Why not try it? And it was Cameron Manheim's, uh, like, memoir from when she was – it was written when she was on I the practice. I remember when that came out. Wake Up, I'm Fat. Yep. It is amazing that this was book was written in the 90s because it you read it today and, like, I don't know about you. Like, I did not know, know the term body positivity until probably, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And this book is very much that. It is her basically talking about, you know, being a young woman, being an actress, being big, and how she had to come to her, like, just, you know, her journey with all of that. And it is really funny. It is really refreshing. And 
the entire time you have to keep reminding yourself and it's the 90s like when we were at our worst to anybody like she was on a david e kelly show who was infamous for finding the skinniest women he could and making stars out of them but she became a star back then and it was just such like an exuberating read so if your used bookstore has a copy i highly recommend it that's interesting i I, I've been reading a lot of old articles from like the early two, 2010s of, from just like just actor, like actor profiles yeah. and stuff. And I have found it really fascinating to see how much things have changed. Mm-hmm. So I, I never really thought about grabbing like an old like biography yeah. or like, uh, that's an interesting idea. Um, hmm. Yeah, I recommend it. Little time capsules, huh? Very much, very much. And it's so, you know, it's dated in in the very specific way. You know, she's talking about going to the Emmys and hanging out with Laura Flynn Boyle. And, like, so many little yeah. things. Like, she talks about, like, Andre Brower was a good friend of hers. Like, a, there's so many, and it's not name-dropping. Like, it's very much just people that were in her circle because she was a not Juilliard but I think like one of one of those schools it might have been Juilliard uh, I forget oh gosh there's somebody it wasn't Mark Shaman it was like another very since then very prominent like gay writer director who was like her friend back then like there's just there's so much that you're reading and it does really feel like you're like peeking into backstage at an era that you weren't allowed in uh, but it's also it just it's refreshing it's very funny and I yeah, I recommend. There's probably others like that out there. Um, I'm not always a big celebrity memoir person just because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of, a, of a lot of different reasons. I don't always find the writing that great. Or if it is, then I think, ah, oh, but that's because somebody else wrote it. But this was really, really a fun read. That's that's interesting. Now I have a new thing to look for. At you yeah, do it, do it. Uh, and then on fiction, just a couple of things I threw out there. One was a new book that came out this year that was just a really interesting read was Land of Milk and Honey by C. Pam Zong. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of just slight futuristic, not sci-fi, a little sci-fi, but really just a world where basically food has kind of gone bad. So there's very limited access to fresh food. And the narrator is a chef who ends up on this like colony where things are being like sort of like they found ways to grow things, but they're not sharing it with the people. And there's just a lot there. And it's, it was a really rich read for me. So I recommend that. Um, And then a book of short stories by an author I didn't know. And I need to learn more about named Kim Fu, lesser known monsters of the 21st century. Just some, some very, they range. Some are a little horror, some are sci-fi, they're very human. Um, the first story I was not prepared for was very an emotional sort of world where you can have somebody uh, be somebody that's dead for you for a day. Uh, some very heavy stuff, but really, really rich reading. And author I discovered, and this will lead a little bit into some of the things we're looking forward to, I think. Um, I'm curious if you have read any of her stuff. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name, so I'll try. But Otessa Moshfeg? Moshfeg? Uh, I don't think so but oh is it um that one movie eileen yeah i just watched it yes oh okay so yeah she's a novelist who wrote yeah wrote i eileen. knew that she, name sounded familiar yeah, yeah oh yeah and she i feel like you would she so she kind of writes like a mean girl if that makes Ooh, sense i love that her books her her characters are so mean or gross or awful 
but they're really like I you can't put them down. Uh, and I and I was looking and realized I, I think I read four of her books this past year, and I loved all of them. And she just has this very like you I, I read like an interview with her where she she sounded like somebody that would not be like I would not want to be waiting on her at a table or or be her like lab partner but her writing is so just without um like how, how to say it? like not without restraint but just her characters just will say what you don't think anybody should ever be saying kind of thing and I mm. love it That's uh fun. so just an author that I really enjoy and I look forward to seeing more from so um, on that note, one of the things I'm looking forward to is, is watching Eileen when it comes to Amazon, I think. What did you think of it? Oh, I loved it. Nice. I, re- I really loved it. I don't know anything about the book, so I yeah. can't like compare and contrast sure. or anything. But um, I thought it was fantastic. It was, oh, it was, it was exploitative enough. It was, it mm-hmm. was gay enough. It was yeah. weird enough. It was, it was really fun. Oh, awesome. That, that makes me very excited. I know she co-wrote the screenplay. So that also, yes. and yes, I think yes. she even has said like, and I know, cause I, a big part of the book is that it is narrated from the future. So the narrator who is Eileen is telling you stuff. So, you know, certain things about her, you know, like her fate and I know she has said, like the author has said, oh yeah, when I wrote the script, I didn't know that's not there because you're not going to know. And I and I make big changes, and I'm like, ooh, I love hearing that. So that's cool. Yeah, it's cool when the when the original writer is involved in the screenwriting because they can they you write a story and it fits in the novel, mm-hmm. and then to do a screenplay is something different. So right. for for her to have the chance to maybe, to truly adapt it and make yeah. it work in that format may, might be one of the reasons why I thought it worked so well. Yeah. You should read the book out of curiosity to do like, yeah. and, oh, maybe we'll, we should do like a eventually book movie thing because we'll have different experiences oh, with it fun. where you read yeah, it yeah. after and vice versa. So hmm. I'll see if I can get it on audio. I was just, I looked through my Libby app real quick. I will say I did listen to the audio book for Sliver the Ira Levin book that then became ah. that, that Sharon Stone movie. Fascinating. That was really fun because the book is completely different than the movie. Nice. No Baldwin. <laughs> it's not at all the way it is played in that movie. And you know, I'm fascinated with that movie. Yes. No, I, and I get it. That is, that is something of a movie. That book is weird. But speaking of book and movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, that's very exciting, and you can watch that movie soon, right? You'll watch the um, uh, uh, Eileen. Is that what Eileen? Yes, uh, yes. It is now rentable on Apple. So okay. I thought it wasn't going to be like an Amazon A twenty four, but I'm not sure yet. But yeah. oh yeah, it was like twenty twenty dollar rental. Yeah, and uh, currently it's a rental on uh, Apple. So I I was I just was super jazzed. Nice, nice. I couldn't wait. So what are some things you're looking forward to in 2024? So this list is almost, it doesn't even need to be made. Like, because if we're being real, I'm only excited about one thing. (gasps) And that one thing comes out in about a a month. And that would be Lisa Frankenstein. What is Lisa Frankenstein? Lisa Frankenstein is the uh, Diablo Cody written um, movie that's set in the late 80s. Starring Catherine Newton and Cole Sprouse. Um, it is basically like she made a fucking movie for me again. And I'm so <laughs> excited. Oh, that is. Cole and it's Sprouse Catherine Newton. Like, yeah, Cole Sprouse is like, okay, so Cole Sprouse is Jughead from Riverdale, if people don't know. I did. But he's, um, he is 
so handsome and he's playing like um like a the corpse of like an old gothic handsome lord kind of guy nice. um, so he's all old timey and dead and it's really amazing i can't wait to see it oh, fun i didn't even know this was a thing yeah i've never felt more catered to in my life i can't <laughs> wait so the I have a few movies I'm looking forward to. Most of them are movies that are like technically I guess 2023 because they were all like Oscar-y releases that just aren't going to be mm-hmm. available yet. Uh, but Eileen is one. The Zone of Interest. Oh, I don't even know what that is. I feel like such a monster for being really excited about a Holocaust movie, but it is Jonathan Glazer. Oh, I do know mm-hmm. what this is. I didn't know that's what it was called. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it's. Uh, I have, I have heard enough, and it's a, what's her name? The same um, musician who or composer who did the score for Under the Skin also did the score for this movie. Mm-hmm. So for that alone, like, I really am excited just to hear the score for it. But I feel like it will be a very, a lot watch, but it's one that I'm excited for because I'm dark and twisted that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking, I, I don't know that I'll get to a theater for it, but I am excited to see how The Color Purple, the musical, turned out. Mm-hmm. I, I like that we are getting musicals. We should, if all goes to plan, we should have part one of Wicked, the movie, this year. Ugh. And I, for one, am very excited by that. I'm so glad you're excited. <laughs> hey, I saw Wicked in previews. I was a... Oh, gee! My favorite book for, like, all of my adolescence was Wicked. And then, I, you know, five years later, they're making a Broadway musical out of my book. And... As a like young person in New York, this was just all, everything hitting me at once. Uh, so I have a lot of investment in Wicked as a property. And I, I don't know yet how I fully feel about this because I didn't know it was happening. But did you know there is another Planet of the Apes movie on its way? Yeah, I did. How are you feeling about that? I have a complex relationship with those movies. Mm-hmm. Um I actually think I might really like them. They, f- I find them deeply upsetting. Yeah. Um, the anthropomorphization of, of poor animals is something that I have a real hard time with. Like, it, I like, did not want to see that first one forever because all of the previews, yeah. everything I saw, I was like, oh, this just looks like they're, it's a nice mm-hmm. monkey who's then going to be mistreated. Mm-hmm. And I was so similar, like terrified to actually watch it. And then I did. And it's such a good franchise. Yeah, I do. I do like it. But like when you get into like when there's like a Steve Zahn monkey, if you know that little last one, I think it's, it's too much. It's it's very similar to making me watch like Android or like mm. like sentient robot type Fair. shit. I can't do it. I don't know. There's like an implied innocence to yeah. something like an ape or a chimp or something that like just with like a robot. I don't know. It's it's too much for my empathy button. I get it. I get it. <laughs> But I don't know. I maybe I'll watch it because I have seen them all. So. It's the guy who did the Maze Runner series, and uh, I think that series kind of goes Runner. off the rails. But that first movie's great. To yeah. where I think, like, yeah, this this is the right guy to give a Planet of the Apes movie to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are there any? Te- is there any television you're looking for? Oh no, to? I have a ton of other movies. Oh, let me hear them. <laughs> um, so I did my little research, my little tippy tap research mm-hmm. on the computer. So Strangers Chapter One. Do you know about the? Th- there's going to be three new Strangers movies from Rennie Harlan. 
Wait, what, are, what? Should I know this already? What is this thing? What are we talking about? Well, yeah. About? So you know the strangers? Oh, the str- like strangers, the strangers. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why. Like. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, totally. Okay. If you had said the strangers, I might have been like, oh yeah, the strangers. Sorry. As opposed <laughs> to just strangers, those could be any strangers, Christine. You're right. That's the exciting. strangers. So it's gonna. It's supposed to be three movies, and I guess they're in the mm. same universe okay. as the original All The right. Strangers. I'm into it. And. If, if again, if you're a Riverdale head like me, Cheryl from Riverdale is in it. <laughs> so I'm super excited for that. Um, there's also a new Bong Joon Ho movie called Mickey 17. Yes, there is. Yeah, I the cast on it is enough for me to be super interested. It's like uh, Robert Pattinson, Mark uh, Ruffalo, Tony, Ooh, Tony Collette. Collette. Yeah, Stephen Yeun, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's. This we haven't talked about it yet because we haven't done a proper recap. But I finally watched Men, the Alice Garland oh, movie. Oh yeah. Um, I had been putting it off because you know I have a really complex relationship with Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a new movie called Civil War coming out. Oh yes, he does. Um, I, I did not like Men at all, <laughs> but but like he has made movies that I feel have changed my life. Mm. So I'm very like okay, I guess. I am. I was mixed on. I didn't. Men didn't fully work for me, but I. Yeah. I admired the chance it took. Uh, I just. I don't think it all worked, but I was like, yeah, you know. And I like that Alex Garland, who has had you know an interesting career and in starting as a writer and so on and so on. I like that he is is being weird and is kind of just going further with that. So, uh, yeah, for those reasons, I'm I'm in. Yeah, I, I liked that too. I get I think I ended up giving it like a two and a half out of five mm-hmm. because while I didn't enjoy it like on any level, it I I understood it. Like I yeah. got it. It just wasn't for me. Um another big budget action packed film that I'm really excited for that will probably really disappoint me <laughs> is <laughs> is Argyle. Have you heard oh, of Oh, this, this so I don't know the universe of the Kingsman at all. I've never seen any of these movies. But I know this is a, is this a, from the point of view of a cat? Something that has to do with a cat, right? Um, so there is a cat in it, I believe. I don't know a ton about it, but I, it's Matthew Vaughn, but I don't think it's in the Kingsman universe. But it doesn't matter. Maybe? Oh. Huh. But it just, the plot that I gleaned was that it was about a spy novelist whose books are too much like actual spy stuff. So they like use her to like do spy stuff, which reminds me of spy, the movie spy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it in the, now I'm looking. I don't Is it know. I, I feel like they, I just saw a trailer for it and I thought they said Kingsman. Why did I think there was a cat in here? I think there is a cat, okay. but in Sophia Botella, I don't know if I'm saying that right either. Mm-hmm. She's in it, and she's also in the Kingsman universe as a different character. So, and they don't list who she's playing, so it's hard to know if she's the same character. I we will find maybe, out, I suppose. Maybe it is in the Kingsman universe, and I just assumed it wasn't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't cool. know. I'll I'll watch it. There's enough of an interesting premise that I'm mm-hmm. like. Mm. Um, what do you think about Nosferatu? You jazz for that? I was because I will. I'll I'll watch anything. What's his face does yeah, Robert? What's his, Roger? What is his name again? That one guy. The guy. The the the, the guy. 
the, yeah. yeah. I, I, can't, I honestly can't think of his name right now either. I, and Rob, I Robert Eggers? Eggers. Eggers. That's it. Okay. Um, yes, I will watch anything he does. Um, I... I was really excited when it was Anya Taylor Joy. I I don't know much about Lily Rose Depp, but I it, like that doesn't excite me as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen anything on it. I will. I'll wait to to. I still haven't watched The Northman actually. Now that I say that out loud, um, but yeah. So I don't know. Excited. I'm like oh, okay. I'll I'll wait to hear consensus on that one probably. Yeah. Um. People. I know people are super jazzed, and it's like a lot of people's top. Mm. I, I think I'm interested, but like si- similar to you, I don't. With reservations. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not, again, like Lisa Frankenstein is, is what's getting me through my days. Mm. I don't feel that way about Nosferatu. Got it. Um, also, what about Furiosa? How are you feeling about Furiosa? Speaking about. Uh, That's an excellent, Canada. excellent question because I love Mad Max Fury Road. I am somebody mm-hmm. that was so gung ho when it came out and the sheen on that one has not fallen off for me. I know you know, it's it's on TV all the time. It kind of, there are people who declared it the best movie of all time. And then, you know, that, that oh, is it overrated? Like, no, no, no. Mad Max Fury Road is, is to me, joy. Um, do I want to see Anya Taylor joy in a whole movie of a future of it? I think the, I, I, I was excited when it was announced. And then I was kind of, I think I'm just so tired of property, property, property. So the idea of, Oh, here's the thing you loved. Okay, now let's not. I'm like, I'm not saying let's milk it as in, oh, a studio is trying to make money. Like, of course they are. It's what they do. It's what movies are. Movies are made to make money. It's more the, did I need another Mad Max or do I want George Miller doing something else crazy? Do yeah. I, would I prefer another Babe too? Uh, and I, I watched the trailer and I, like, there was a part of me that was getting, like, my body was, like, buzzing, but also I was like, I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah. kind of, like, I just wish there was something else that all that energy was being put into, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I feel differently than you. Okay, good. I, I really don't. Like, I feel like I should be 10 times more excited mm-hmm. than I actually am. It's, I feel a lot of caution and trepidation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then my final one is a movie that nobody knows any, I mean, Dune's coming out. I'll probably watch that. Oh, yeah, Rebel, yeah. Rebel Moon 2 is coming out. I'll probably watch that because I watched the first one. There's like a new alien, but also we don't know anything about it, but there's going to be a new Jordan Peele movie. I'm excited That's about right. that. That's right. Yeah. Did I forget where, where you land on it, but where did you ultimately go on Nope? Um... Utter masterpiece, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like it as much as Get Out, mm-hmm. but I think I like it more than Us. Yeah, Do, I, you did. I you, didn't like Nope at all. Yeah, I before. now here now. Let me preface that with I, because I, I, so many people who I absolutely adore and respect have said no, this is his best movie, and I can see all of those points, and I. I you know, when, when somebody explains what it's about and, you know, all of this, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, that's all there. But I was just really bored watching it. And it's still, like, I, I have not gone back to it. I'm curious if maybe I need to just give that another watch and see if it lands differently. Uh, but it was one where it just felt very much of, 
yeah, this, I, I am just not on the same wavelength here, but I, it, it's well made, looks great, good performances, everything else, but I am very bored and it keeps going. So, so I'm very intrigued to see what direction he's going in next. <clears throat> yeah, definitely me too, because they've obviously not been the same movie in no, any way. No, no, and I love that. Yeah. I, I really do, um, too. I get what you're saying about us. Um, I definitely liked it more the more I saw it, um, which is fun. I like movies like that, mm-hmm. but um, I, I totally get it. If you're not, if it's not hitting for you though, like I bail and go, go watch something else, right. you know, like I, I, I keep trying to like figure out movies and like, especially when a lot of other people like them, like maybe I'm not getting it, but yeah, maybe, maybe you are getting it and you just, just not Sometimes, working. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, but I am excited for this one. So who who even knows what it's going to oh, be? Oh, totally. Yeah. I I was thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it was like a vampire movie or like like Jordan Peele's zombies God, or I would, I would be all for that. Or like time travel. Like who even fucking knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's something that is very cool about him is yeah. we have no idea what he's going to do and that that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, and that's what I want. I don't want, you know, somebody as creative as George Miller to do the same thing he did 10 years ago. Over and but, over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those are all the movies you're looking forward to? I'd say so. Um, there's there's a ton of like horror movies that I don't know anything about coming out. Ooh, so that's, that's always going to be funny. Yeah. yeah, fun. There's a new Omen. There's a witch board. Um, there's something called The Watchers directed by M. Night Shyamalan's daughter. Okay. It is crazy that there is only now a remake of Witchboard. Um, yeah. Also, I thought Witchboard was supposed to be way hornier than it was. I was disappointed. No, the whole thing about Witchboard is that it's really a story of, like, male friendship and love. Yeah, I mean, I liked it, but, like, it wasn't the horny movie that I was Nope, you, you were watching the wrong movie. I think Witchboard 2 might be hornier, but the first Witchboard is very much, like, actually about the relationship between the two men. Which again is actually super fascinating i'm trying to i just recently semi recently watched it i'm trying to see what i rated it but yeah lots of lots of movies coming out now that we're back from our our strikes yes um, things will start moving i think and Um, we have a summer olympics of that christine that's true i'm sure you're well it's not the winter olympics it's not so there's no figure skating but do you know about the new sport introduced this year in the olympics What could it possibly be? Okay. Okay. Christine, I think you can figure this out. So like what, all right. Think of my favorite genres of movies. Okay. Okay. Is there a musical category? Kind of. Oh, is it like a dance one? (laughs) They are for the first time, the 2024 summer Olympics will have break dancing. That's actually really interesting. How cool is that? And I know, like, people out there are like, that's not a sport. Well, again, yes, there there are apparently criteria for how to judge different events. There are worldwide events. Um, there is, like, solo. There is pairs. There is team and so on. There are, I guess, like, how many moves you make in a certain amount of time. How, like, th- there are ways of actually measuring it. And what is also fascinating is you assume, like, breakdancing is, you know, a pretty American thing that, like, oh, is this going to be, like, one of those sports that gets introduced and Americans win? No. Apparently, like, American, like, nobody expects any Americans to even medal because other countries have taken it and have done so much more with it. 
And like, yeah. I have never seen Japanese breakdancing, like, but I'm gonna this summer at the Olympics. Yeah, I, for some reason in my head, the French are going to be really good at that. I, well, the French tend to be like really weird in anything choreo- choreographically. So I feel like, yeah, you could be right. And I'll totally be there for it. I like it. Yeah. So that's like my big summer TV is going to be the Olympics. And yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't, I, we talked about, so TV is just, I don't know if I'm not dialed in or if I don't get excited for things anymore because I don't watch them when they happen. But my only TV, and we were on the same page when we talked earlier, it was the new True Detective because Issa Lopez is like running the whole season. It was her season. It's her season, baby. I have not watched any True Detective. I haven't seen season one, two, or three. Uh, My understanding is you don't need to have seen any season to watch the next season, that they're completely unrelated. Correct. And this is the lady season. It's Issa Lopez uh, starring Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. And who's the other person in there? Shit, I don't remember. It's like somebody really cool. And I can't think of who it is. Um, no, it is. It is. I think I can look it up fast. Let's see if I can look it up faster. Oh, my God. I just forgot what the show is called. True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> so, True Detective. And it is... Wait, is this going to be this? No. Oh, like, I know. Damn you it. Ha- you have to. It's the seasons. Yeah, you have to click on the season. So you are going to beat me to it. Damn. Okay. Okay. Wait. Callie no. Reyes? Is that? She was born in Providence, Rhode Island. Hey. Fellow Rhode Island gal. Nice. I am unable to figure out how to use IMDb because they changed it again on me. Ooh, John Hawks. Yeah. Fiona Shaw. Yeah, that's uh, that's looking good. I'm uh, excited for I'm it. I'm pretty excited really about this, and it's the only TV that I'm looking forward to. I think for real, I I have I have like I'm ready to watch it. I've been talking to my mom mm-hmm. about it constantly. Like we're geared up. It's also set in Alaska, and you know, I, I like a cold weather thing. Snowy shit is yeah, so fun to blood watch. Blood on snow, yeah. baby. Blood on snow. Yeah, it's <sighs> very exciting. Yes. I'm sure other stuff will pop up as the year goes on, but. I don't know. I'm just not like as dialed in, I guess, as I used to be. It's harder for TV because, you know, it used to be you had seasons, you had like you knew when things were coming out and that is completely in the window, especially with the uh, with the strike. Everything's delayed. There are shows that I still don't know if they have been canceled or not. Um, so there's always that, but like, I think we'll get another poker face season at some point this year. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm up for that. But yeah, it's uh, movies and books for me, I guess. The only, uh, the one book, because I, I, I mean, I use Goodreads a lot, so just as things come available, I, I get them. But uh, the one book that I'm really excited about coming in February is A Figure Skater Has a New Memoir, and figure skating memoirs tend to be very juicy, because oh, you don't always okay. get that. So it's Gracie Gold's book, um, and Gracie Gold has had quite a career and quite a like lot of public dealing with mental health, dealing with different aspects of figure skating and how awful it is so that's going to be fun and juicy and probably very sad that's exciting yeah i don't have any have anything i'm looking forward to (laughs) well go to an old used bookstore find cameron manheim's book well yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to pare down because Mm. of a a inter multi-state move yeah so i i'm trying i guess maybe that is part of it so i'll give myself a break i'm really trying not to like hoard right now Mm, it's 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 tough because then once you turn the switch the other way 
we last year we took a vacation where we it was a driving vacation where we drove like upstate to buffalo niagara falls and because we had our car at a certain point we realized like okay we're not like we can have like a lot of luggage we don't have to be limited about should i bring my pillow or not like i can bring my pillow it's great but it also meant we we felt like we went to a used bookstore that was like the biggest used bookstore in upstate new york that has three floors and we spent like an hour and a half in there and uh had like two giant boxes to load in the trunk and realized like oh yeah we can yeah this is this is the plan now like we can keep getting books like th- there's no limit on how many books you can have and um <laughs> at some point if you don't hear from me for like a couple of weeks it may be because i am drowning in books and, buried under books yes exactly but at least i'll have something to read until my glasses break and then i am burgess meredith oh screaming. no no i'm not at that point i can read without glasses i'm okay oh, I should not do anything else with glasses without glasses, but I can read without glasses. If we've learned anything from Burgess, though, it's have a, an extra pair of Completely. glasses. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because there was time now. I say that all the time. Me too. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> I tell you, a few weeks ago, I had a dentist appointment, and it was like the middle of the day, and I, you know, I leave work, I plan it, because I have no idea what traffic is going to be, so I knew, like, I would have probably... Because I will never be late for the dentist. I don't ever want to piss off a dentist. But I planned it so that I knew I would have at least 15 minutes in the waiting room, probably more. And I get my my appointment was at 2.30. I get there, it's mm-hmm. 2 o'clock. I'm like, great. And I said, receptionist, I'm here. I know I'm early. Don't worry. I'll just, I'll sit. And I opened my book and I was so excited because I'm like, I have a half hour to read in the middle of the day. And then the dentist comes out and says, Emily, we're ready for you. And I was so disappointed because there was time now, Christine. I, it's always it's always frustrating when you get called early for an appointment. God, no, no. I know. I get it, though. I get it. Yeah. yeah. You had you had time earmarked. I think that was also the day. Was that the root canal? That was the day that I came home and was, was miserable and watched Skinnamarink. And, it, and I fell asleep watching it. And it just soured that movie as well. And uh, maybe it was all because of the book, now that I think about it. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll give that movie another chance. You watched it yet? Which one? Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink. Um, no. Yeah. That's what I thought you were talking about. I wasn't uh, sure though. Um, no, I still have not seen it. I don't know why, Emily. I'm not telling you you should have. I didn't like no, it. No, but I'm just. It's like I will. You'll die under a pile of, of books. <laughs> bookstore. I'm gonna die under all the movies I said I was gonna watch. <laughs> not even physical copies of them just like the idea the little like imagination bubbles of them just start clogging your breathing do you know how many movies you watched last year uh no i'm sure i could probably press a button and figure that out on letterboxd but no i do not (laughs) i i just wasn't sure if you had like a strong a strong memory of it i was just shy of 400 and i really want to do 400 this year but i worry if maybe that's an unrealistic I, you yeah. know, it's funny because people, a lot of people I know do that with books where they'll do like the Goodreads challenge of, I want to yeah. read 75 books this year. And for me, like, I don't like to do that for anything because I, I, I don't think the number helps me at all actually do the things I should be doing. I think there's different things where it's like, I, if you say read two mysteries and two historical and two this, or watch five documentaries and five best picture winners, like that I like where it's okay. I'm watching something to fulfill a list, but it's a specific like part, like a way to enrich something here. But when it's just like, Oh, make sure you watch this many. 
And then it's like the way people would do steps. Um, and granted, like I have never been a dieter. I've never been successful at that. So it, it also maybe in my head is like the same way people count calories. And I think like, it just doesn't work. But people that would do that with like, how many steps did I get in today? And then they start like cheating. Like I, I've known people that are like, you know, if you just move back and forth, like, like if you weigh your leg this way and that way, you get steps. And I'm sitting there watching this person do that thinking, I'm sorry, what is the point of you counting steps? Is it so that you can move more and get fit and feel better? Or is it just so that you hit a number every day? And that's how I feel a little bit about sometimes when uh, people make the, like, when that's the way they approach lists. And I think it works for different people. But for me, I worry that I become the step person where I'm like, okay, I get home, I'm going to cook, but here, I'll put it on the background. So I can technically say I watched that movie, but I didn't really pay no. attention to it. That's my concern. That's valid. And that, and that's probably, if I did that with books, it would become not fun mm-hmm. or not good. If I did it with other things, probably the same. It doesn't work that way with me in movies. I, I think that I just maybe need to be more deliberate about mm-hmm. the way I spend my time because I would rather have watched 400 movies instead of 389 and not have stared at my phone as much. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah, I get so it. For, for me, it's more like that. Like my, my attention is going to go to a screen, which isn't good, but I maybe right. need to be more deliberate about what's on that screen. I understand. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, so do you have any goals that you want to set for 2024? Um, I have, I, I, I do. And I've already been doing an okay job. I'm going to try to watch more, um, Females write written directed things. Very nice. Um, which is always a goal, but yeah. like when I really am deliberate about it, I have a better time watching movies. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to be. I'm gonna try to challenge myself a little bit more with movies. I like um, that. And maybe watch some stuff that I thought maybe wasn't for me. And please correct me if I'm saying this director's ro- name wrong, but Greg Araki. Oh yeah, no, I think that's so. Right. Doom Generation is a movie I've never seen. Same. And I. I watched Smiley Face for the first time like a couple days ago, and I think that was my first of his movies ever. I and think I, the only one of his I've watched is Mysterious Skin, yeah, which I is have, very good. But also, right? my understanding is the least, the most mainstream of of his movies. But so that's that's wicked cool because from what I understand, the tone of Smiley Face is completely different from the tone of Doom Generation. So I, I like like kind of what you said about finding a new author. Like it's mm-hmm. like okay, well I finally said why don't I try this thing that I never felt like was for me before and I liked it a lot so now I have this whole world opened up to me more stuff like that I think is what I would like to do what about you are you are you setting any goals or I haven't really thought about it I think uh having criterion again kind of on like a on a bit of a time like okay we have three months of it and we and we can always renew it and keep it (laughs) but I the idea of having it has immediately made me like I've already watched two movies from there. Like it's immediately drawn me to say like, okay, what's on here that I can't have a hard time finding elsewhere. And these are movies that require me to commit to them. So I'm committing to them. So I think just in general that trying to do not less throwaway. Cause I, I don't, I like my throwaway movies and I, you know, next on my list is a lifetime thriller recommended by uh, James and Angela that I will definitely watch killer mm-hmm. coworker. Don't worry. It's on there. Uh, but I think I need to also commit to watching the movies that I think are actually going to be good movies that I 
keep like uh, I don't know it's kind of uh, it looks long like you no, know, like I have afternoons I can sit down and watch a movie it's fine yeah that's what I mean about bumping my number up because so yeah. often I I will have that mentality so I just won't do anything mm -hmm. yeah. and I don't know that that's the best use of my time yeah it's very and again like time is different for everybody obviously and I look at, again, a lot of the movies I watch, I do watch in the morning before work, so I don't get the full movie experience. But then, like, weekends, like, and I'm busy. I, I exercise. I'm, like, cooking a lot. I'm doing stuff. I'm seeing people. But I'll still, like, today, I'm like, I had a lot of hours free today. And I did stuff. But some of that stuff was sitting there bopping around on the internet where that could have been watching something of su substance. So just to kind of allow... um remind myself that there is amazing content that I have not seen out there that is accessible mm -hmm. to me and I should give a chance. Yep. And I definitely. think also remembering Canopy more uh, and just some of those resources that are really great for a lot of great stuff. So Canopy, I know that we probably want to wrap up, but real quick, Canopy changed their um, credit system. They did. I don't understand. I don't use it enough to ever worry about it, but how did it make a difference for you? It's so for me, it's way better. Good. So you can watch any kids stuff and it doesn't count, which is cool, but like not my main objective, mm -hmm. but I thought that was cool. Yeah. So the way it used to be, if anybody is unaware, you used to get five credits and essentially watching anything, five credits a month and essentially watching anything was a credit. And for me, like I watched personal shopper on canopy. I had to pause to go make lunch. When I came back, my TV had completely gone to oh, sleep. No. When I turned it back on to restart Personal Shopper, it wanted to take another one of my credits. Um, <laughs> that happened to me twice. This new thing, it's you get 10 credits a month, and watching most movies costs you two. So you still essentially get five like feature-length nice. movies, but it's like a 48-hour window to watch good, it. Good, good. So it's almost like treating it like a real rental. So you can pause it away so that led to me in december i used all my credits that's the first yes. time i had ever done that very nice i was like oh this is much more usable now good 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 yeah and there's stuff there that you don't find anywhere and it's such an interesting yep. assortment a lot of international a lot of documentaries mm -hmm. uh trashy horror a lot of good trashy horror there yep and newer stuff too that's i think where i found she the mm -hmm. baby to watch for not the cost of a rental which i thought was great yeah yeah. Library people. So good. I like how we secretly every episode is just basically a push to get people to use their library. Just go to the library. <laughs> yes. I don't even go to mine. It's all digital. I get all my audiobooks through Libby and I do all my movies through Canopy. That's not even physical stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. the library for me is like two blocks away. So every now and then uh, it does make sense if there's a book I need and I can't get it. And I... I'm also that person now that's become where Kindles are really easy to read and they're very comfortable yeah. and I don't have to have the light on at night. But if there is a book that is not available that way, I just have it sent to my library. Yeah, I the same. We're not close to ours. So hopefully when we move, I've yes. actually made it a secret priority. <gasps> I love that. Oh, God, I didn't think about that. That's got to be on my list of like, OK, what are some things that, you know, are, are important to you in your home buying experience? Proximity to a good library. Yeah. Kind of, because in, back in my old place, I used to be able to walk, and it was life changing. Yeah. yeah. And and then and then no, that that changed. I mean, I think I told you how I flipped out when during pandemic, 
my library there I have a library near work and a library near my old apartment so I could get to either one I could get to one during the week and one on the weekends and at a certain point during the pandemic my library card was expiring but we had just moved mm-hmm. but I, I remember needed that. access to both I'm like but I had access to the public library like the New York City public library is incredible and it's a great resource I don't want to lose that and now and I have the Westchester library now too which is how I have canopy but so I like freaked out. I'm like, I don't have my driver's license. It doesn't say that I live in Manhattan anymore. What do I do? And I was able to make it work. And as a result, I still have my original New York City Library card with the lines on it. That's so great. Yes, yes. my most prized possession. I'm glad they helped you with that yes, because yes. because when I moved, I and I left the um, Seattle Public Library system mm. and just am now in the county one. And it, it really has taken things down a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, it's, it's important, people. Don't it just just what it comes down to is it's not even about like changing your library. Just maintain your library, because usually even if you move somewhere, if your library card expires, like nobody wants to cut you off. Like no library no. really like if you move a couple towns over or states over, but still want to access your library for digital things. Like a lot, I mean, my card recently was expiring. So I walked, you know, I made sure I had mail with me. I went to the library just to, and all they did was just give me a new card. I didn't even have to say anything. I didn't have to prove where I lived. So they could just keep doing that. Just keep in mind, people, like just maintain, like same thing, your passport, right? Like it is easy to renew your passport. It's very difficult when it expires and you have to get a new one. Same is true of your library card. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that is very true, and he, you've heard it here first. That's right. Keep your library stuff up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel great. I feel like we have had a lovely conversation, and more importantly, uh, educated the listener base on yeah. a very important life thing. <laughs> yeah. Our job here is done. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, we'll figure out what we're doing next. I think we both have ideas. Let's talk off, talk off mic about those. Uh, with that being said, Christine, you have books, you have places people should go to find you. Uh, not really. Um, my name's Christine Makepeace, if you don't know, so you can just Google that and I'm sure you'll find stuff. I'm on blue sky and Instagram, but I'm hard to find on purpose. Okay, then. Uh, (laughs) I am at deadly dolls on blue sky and Twitter still don't, I don't know why, whatever. On Instagram, we are the uh, feminine underscore critique underscore pod uh, and stuff. So we still don't know where we're supposed to be, but those are some places we are. (sighs) Social media, man. God, yeah. So with that note of us feeling very old, we will bid you adieu. Goodbye. The Library. A library is where you go to read books, magazines, hear stories, or listen to music. At the library. At the library. Excuse me, I'm looking for some help. Do you have any books on kelp? What can I say? I love kelp. Wander through the stacks, through the magazine racks. See the fish in the tank. I think I'll name that one Hank. Tablet with stories I can follow along Put on some headphones, hear my favorite song Settle into a nook with that special book There's the rug they use for story time My favorite new thing is story time I love it at the lab I almost forgot
forgot to tell you something very important about the library. You have to be very, very quiet inside. Be quiet in the library, cause people work, read, or study. You know it's only polite. That you keep very quiet.